So I woke up this morning and I didn't have an idea of anything to really talk about, actually. Um, and I, I kind of get like every now and then I have like a span of days in which I'm just not, I guess, not really thinking about, you know, things to talk about or like, I guess not even really like thinking about anything else outside of what I have going on in my life, I guess. And uh, I guess we all get that way every now and then, but uh, that's what I've been the past five days or so. And uh, usually one thing about it is that um, I don't like getting on, like I hate the, like a lot of people nowadays, they're getting in that mode of, even me, I'm trying not to, but trying to get out of just being on social media a lot and being on Twitter a lot. Twitter is one thing, is like, one thing about Twitter is that no matter what, whether or not it be just people tweeting out shit, because if you need some shit to talk about, just go on Twitter. You'll find something. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, Instagram is just pictures, not shopping, I guess. And, you know, it's blogging, vlogging, I guess. I don't know. And then Facebook. Facebook, I don't know what to describe Facebook as. I don't even have Facebook anymore, honestly. Well, I have Facebook. I have a Facebook, but I just did not download the app onto my phone. And I just, I, I see no point in having Facebook. Or I'm, I just don't get on Facebook Often, really, because really, Facebook's really a toxic ass place, honestly, or toxic, more toxic than Twitter at sometimes, at times, really. But um, I think, I think everything on Facebook's taken a lot more personal than Twitter is, honestly. So I don't know. I see a lot of, I don't know, just fa- something about family and friends. It's, I don't know. There's some things that your fr- family should see, and something that your friends should see, and I don't know. Just having a blend of I don't know. It's all, so everybody's always opinionated. Really, it's just a thing of opinions. Everybody's got something to say, and I feel like everybody has everybody has something to say on Twitter at all times. And that's why I mean that's why it's Twitter. You know, that's why you, it's a free platform to say whatever you want, unless it's so damn stupid that like I don't know. Actually, it's not a free platform. I don't know because they they got to that argument actually about whether or not you know you could censor people on Twitter. So, I don't know. I mean, you should be able to say whatever you want. I mean, as long as what you're saying isn't so... Doesn't have that... I don't know. I, I really don't know where to draw that line. That's why That's why I'm glad I don't make these decisions. Because, I mean, obviously, here's some of the shit I say on this podcast. I mean, obviously, I believe in the First Amendment. So, yeah, I don't know really where to go with that. But, uh... Oh, well, if, you, if you don't know what you listen to, this is Caleb Jackson Podcast. Follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, available on Pocket Cast, Radio Cast. Website is on Anchor as well. Follow my Twitter at the CJAC at T H E C J A C. That's where I post all the podcasts. I, I, I used to have a podcast or Twitter for the podcast, but it's still there, so you can go follow it at the C Jackson Podcast too as well. Who knows? But. I did want to uh, discuss one thing because, like I said, I was on social media and whatnot this morning, and um, one thing I found funny was um, I think Michael Flynn, um, former general or something, for the U.S. for the United States, I guess, um, 
apparently he forgot the Pledge of Allegiance or forgot the words of the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't know how it went. It was just, it, it was, he was in front of a crowd of people. And there's a video I was watching, and uh, he's talking about the Pledge of Allegiance, and he started leading everybody in the Pledge of Allegiance, and then by about halfway through, he starts, like, he kind of forgets what he was saying, I guess. Not even forgets what he was saying, he kind of stops saying the Pledge of Allegiance with the people, and the way he did it, it was in a way of, it kind of made it seem like, it kind of made it, it kind of make it seem like he didn't know the Pledge of Allegiance. Hold on, let's see if I can find this video. Uh, that's 47 seconds too long. That's 45 seconds too long. Where's the 20 second one I had? There was a 20 second one of him just trying to say, I don't know. But let me find this real quick. I guess we're going to go with the 46 second one because I can't find the 20 second one I had. But here we go. Oh, the Trump rally, actually. Yeah, they, I, I distinctly see the... It was like a... What do you call that? A, cres, a crescent? Like a, family, like a family crescent? Yeah, it looked like, like a, something like a knight would wear, like a badge almost. It says Trump. Was that a Russian flag behind him? And an American flag? What the fuck am I looking... Anyways, this is... Okay, well, you heard him try to say the Pledge of Allegiance, and I find that funny, but uh, as I was scrolling down, um, I saw something that reminded me of just overall society, and how um, a lot of identity politics are always played. I'm, you know me, I, I'm one, I don't like identity politics at all. I feel like it's just another way to divide us as people, but at the same time, you, you know, uh, it's just so hard to not group people together based on the things they say and the way they think. I don't know. But anyways, uh Candace Owens of course. And it's something that a lot of the um a lot of society struggles with and that is a um, dumbass um uh, dumbass syndrome actually. And um Candace Owens is one that uh <laughs> she struggles from a lot of it actually. And uh one of the one of the big things, one of the big headlines I saw, like there's one thing about Twitter is that you can find a headline or news, anything. You know, some somebody can say something that's outlandish and talk about it, or there's just a big headline, news, whatever, sports. I mean, it's just good. It's good content, honestly, all around. But um, so Candace Owens has something to say about critical race theory, which I also saw that headline of critical race theory as well, which I really haven't looked into what critical race theory is, and I haven't really learned about it myself, and which is what this podcast is about altogether, of course, but Candace Owens goes on to say, if you're looking for institutional racism, it exists within critical race theory. Bearing it at every level is the new Jim Crow. And as always, we tell Candace Owens, Candace, shut your dumb ass up, but Kimberly Clash. Oh, okay. This <laughs> this is that high pitched voice black girl that uh oh not sorry black girl um 
she well i say that but she, i mean she is a black girl but she's a former congressional republican nominee in maryland district seven red renaissance she looked like a poodle uh, anyway um yeah kimberly Cla- classic uh, okay k-l-a-c-i-k i ain't never seen a black person with that last name anyways um Yeah, she goes on to say that critical race theory is a conspiracy theory. Pass it on. It says Tim Young says critical race theory was created to divide us by race and create racism in America. And segregation wasn't. Um, okay, someone says here critical race is Christopher F. Rufo. I don't know who are all these people who have this. I don't know. It's, it's a, one thing I talked about like on another podcast is how these people who have a lot of followers and have that check by their name, it makes it seem like what they're saying, or they look, all, they look official and everything, it makes it seem like what they're saying has to be true, because you see all these people retweeting it, all these people commenting, all these people liking it and agreeing with it, and, you know, it kind of makes it seem like, oh, this is a consensus, so, you know, it kind of must be true, you know? So... He says here, critical race theory is state-sanctioned racism. Candidates who oppose it are both morally justified and electorally rewarded. We have turned CRT into a potent election issue. Onward. He was replying to an NBC News article, or NBC News article headline, excuse me, of opponents of anti-racism education win big and bitterly divided election in South Lake, Texas. Candidates who opposed the school diversity plan won every local race, taking about 70% of the vote in the in the wealthy Dallas-Fort Worth suburb. So, I decided to look up what critical race theory is because I didn't know what the hell it is. Um... And it kind of made me think of the other podcast, one of the podcasts I did do about can you be racist to white people? And I mean, on a level, it, it depends on the context. If you're on a level of systemic racism, I guess, which everybody says, oh, systemic racism, look, shut the fuck up. Systemic racism is a thing. It's not even racism, it's really just classism masked in racism. But, anyways, um, can you be racist to white people systemically? Really? No, because white people make up. Well, I say white people. White America. Oh, fuck. How the fuck can you say this shit? Caucasian Americans. Okay, we'll say that because I hate saying white, black, whatever. And because, right, like I said, race is a. I'll get into this. Critical race theory explains it too, but i'll say caucasian americans make up the majority of the population of this country so is there any and not only that but they make up the majority of lawmakers the majority of i say well yeah they're just the majority of the country we'll say that point blank period and so can you be racist to caucasian americans on a systemic level in which there are were or there still is a not necessarily agenda, but a more or less a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, we'll go with agenda. More uh, an agenda or a uh, practice. I was like a practice of not injustice, but um, the practice of eh, injustice uh, inequality. We'll say yeah, the practice of injustice and inequality towards 
another group. So can that happen to white people? Well, no, Caucasian Americans. Can that happen to Caucasian Americans on a broad spectrum? Right now, the answer is no, because like I said, they white well Caucasian Americans make up roughly what seventy percent, seventy eighty percent of the population. So there is no way that on a systemic level that you can be racist to white people. Now, in context, okay, on just a person to person context, right? Can you be racist to a white person? Of course you can be racist to a white person. You can be racist to anybody. I don't care what you call it. Prejudice. But it's all the same thing. You shouldn't be prejudiced or racist to anybody. Uh, based on whatever, you know. And unless they say some stupid shit. That's really it. But yeah, you just really shouldn't be. There's no other way I can say that. Like You can be racist to white people. You can be racist to anybody. But any even then, I mean, race is just nothing but a a social construct, which critical race theory explains here. And as I was reading it, I kind of get what both sides are trying to say. But let me just go ahead and go get into it. So this is off of Britannica.com about critical race theory. So it says here, critical race theory, intellectual movement. Intellectual movement and loosely organized framework of legal analysis based on the premise that race is a, not a natural biological grounded feature of physical distinct subgroups of human beings, but a socially construct culturally invented, well, parentheses, culturally invented category that is used to oppress and exploit people of color. Critical race theories hold that the law and legal institutions in the United States are inherently racist insofar as they function to create and maintain social, economic, and political inequalities between whites and non-whites, especially African Americans. Okay. So, it gets into about talking about how critical race theory, the history behind it, and how at first it was the CLS movement, which was the critical legal studies, which dictated itself to examining how the law and legal institutions serve the interests of wealthy and powerful at the expense of poor and marginalized. Which, uh, like I talked about earlier, I said, and I, I just said it maybe about a couple minutes ago, um, a lot of it, racism really is classism, really a lot of it is just classism masked in racism. And how... You know, the rich want to stay rich and keep the poor poor, I guess, you know, because it's really kind of the illusion of life, I guess. To get on a deeper, a deeper note, the illusion of life and how money creates that certain level of happiness and what you money is the is what you should strive for to create happiness within your life, I guess. Which, I mean, if it's true to you, by all means, you know what I mean? But to some people, that's just not true. And I think that. I think that the general notion that I don't, I don't think that everybody in this country more or less has that idea that, you know, money creates your happiness, you know, but more you get the happiness of what's around you, I guess. But it made to seem as if everything around us costs money, you know what I mean? And not even made to seem like this is what it's turned into, like you're just paying rent, you know, electricity, everything around us. Hell, being able to even get in your car and go somewhere, you know, is going to cost money. Everything's going to cost money. And we're in such a money society now, you know, it's it's to the point where, you know, a lot of, like I said, a lot of people feel like they have, don't have a certain amount of money, don't look a certain way or anything. Like, same thing with, like, kind of... Same thing with, like I said, social media and Instagram, you know, people see 
how people live and you know there's a lot of comparisons and whatnot you know and how oh you want this you should be happy you know you should be, this is how you how you create your happiness and you should strive for something that has mo- has money attached to it and some people just don't think that way you know um for, I mean, just look at bob marley and how he thought you know and he's you no know, money money he believed that money doesn't really declare your riches your riches declare your riches are declared by how you treat people and you know just life and how you live your life in general which i believe is a good way excuse me i had to rehydrate with some good old h2o but um but really that's how the the way you should I don't even really say the way you should look at life, you know what I mean? Because who's to say whether or not there's a way you should look at life? But anyways, back into critical race theory. Because I will get, I will definitely stray off on a deeper note. But, so, there's one thing, another thing I was reading about uh, when, when it was CLS instead of uh, CRT. Uh, it said, like CLS scholars, critical race theories believe that political liberal, liberalism, <laughs> Liberalism was incapable of adequately addressing fundamental problems of injustice in American society, notwithstanding legislation and court rulings advancing civil rights in the 1950s and 60s, because its emphasis on the equitable treatment under the law of all races, colorblindness, quote unquote, rendered it capable of recognizing only the most overt and obvious racial practices, not those that were relatively indirect, subtle or systemic. Okay. All right. Cool. Which I'm kind of I'm kind of learning still a little bit <laughs> while I'm reading too, but liberalism was also faulted for mistakenly presupposing that presupposing the apolitical nature of judicial decision making and for self taking self consciously incremental and reformist approach that prolonged unjust social arrangement, social arrangements and afforded opportunities for retrenchment and backsliding through administrative delays and conservative legal challenges. Hmm. So, as I scroll down and keep going, so we have the basic tenets of CRT according to the authors, including the following claims that race, race is socially constructed and biologically and not biologically natural. Two, racism in the United States is normal, not aberrational. It is the common or ordinary experience of most people of color. Three, owing to what critical race, owing, wait, hold on, yeah, owning or owing, yeah, owing to what critical race theorists call interest convergence or material determinism, legal advances or setbacks. Hold on, lost my place. Legal legal advances or setbacks for people of color tend to serve the interests of dominant white groups. Thus, the racial hierarchy that characterizes American society may be unaffected or even reinforced by ostensible improvements in the legal status of oppressed or exploited people. Four, members of minority groups periodically undergo differential race... Racialization. I didn't even know that was a word. <laughs> Differential racialization with attribution of, to them of varying sets of negative stereotypes, again depending on the needs or interests of whites. Five. According to the thesis of intersectionality or anti essentialism, no individual can be adequately identified by membership in a single group. An African American person, for example, may identify as a woman, a lesbian, a feminist, a Christian, and so on. Okay. Finally, the voice of color thesis 
holds that people of color are uniquely qualified to speak on behalf of other members of the group or groups regarding the forms and effects of racism. This consensus has led to group to the growth of legal storytelling movement, which argues that self-expressed views of racism and other forms of oppression provide essential insight of the nature of the legal system. Okay. That's a lot of words here. So CRT has influenced scholarship has influenced scholarship in fields outside the confines of legal studies, including women and gender studies, education, American studies, and sociology. CRT spinoff movements formed by Asian Americans, Latinx, Latinx, I guess, Latinx or Latin, I don't know, Latino, Latina, Latin, Latinx. We'll say that. LGBTQ, Muslim, and Islamic, and Native American scholars have also taken hold. In the early 21st century, critical race theorists addressed themselves to a number of issues, including police brutality and criminal justice, hate speech and hate crimes, health care, affirmative action, poverty in the welfare state, immigration and voting rights. So. The first video I turned on about this was and it's it was weird because the first video I turned on was a conservative video. And this is me like not even really knowing what how the what the thought of critical race theory really is. And this conservative video told me that critical race theory needs to be shut down at all levels. And this was the first thing I saw. I was like, "Oh shit." Like but then I saw it was conservative, so I was like, oh, okay. And so, while reading it, obviously, I agree with everything said in the theory of critical race theory. But I think the issue lies, I think the issue that the other, I say the other side, but I think the issue that the other side has with it is that when it comes to teaching this to kids... How do you really teach it to kids at a young age, I guess? Probably, I say, around... Mm, I don't know. I don't know when you really can really start teaching it to kids. Because, I mean, I remember in third grade, I mean, there was one kid told me... The first time we ever really had that big, like a big talk about race in one of my classes was actually <laughs> involving me. Because um, a kid told me... Uh, what did he tell me? He said, oh, yeah, he, he told me, he's like, well, at least I'm not black. And uh, my teacher, Miss Cardenas, I remember, the best best teacher ever, third grade teacher, Miss Cardenas. If you know who I'm talking about, you know. But um, she had, she stopped class and she talked to us for, about, for a good 20, 30 minutes about how the color of our skin, the amount of melanin that our skin contains should not or should not determine our worth as people and our worth in life and just in general and yeah that was the very first time i ever like you know had my own kind of like right mm, yeah i could say that that's really the first time i've ever really been insulted based on my race i guess you know and really didn't even know how to handle it at the time you know because it was never really something I saw as a as a big deal, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know, but I mean, when it comes to teaching this to kids, 
do you want to teach kids in the sense of America is a racist place? Because I, I see why that's not good. I see why it'd be a good thing to teach that racism is bad. But I see also why it's a bad thing to teach that America is a racist place. In that not we're trying to move past, not the idea that we're trying to move past America being a racist place. But America just is a racist place. Which, I mean, you can agree and disagree about that. Because I've said this on my podcast before. Go listen to, go, go, go listen to any of my podcasts. But... America, the only t- the only place a race, the thought of race does exist is in America. You know what I mean? Like, I said this, I say this all the time. Like, I'm not, if I go to, if I'm from Canada, I'm not African-Canadian. I'm just Canadian. If I'm from France, I'm not African-French. I'm just French. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't be African-English if I'm from England. I'm just English, you know? And... That's the problem is that I'm African American in America, you know, like, and I've never ever been to Africa. Like, we sh- if everybody's American in America, then why, why do we always have to put our race on applications or for or just anything? You know what I mean? It's just filling out paperwork, anything. Why do you always have to put your race on there? You know, just to identify as an identifier. You know what I mean? As a the first thing, I don't know. I really don't know, but. When it comes to teaching this to kids, do I agree with teaching it to kids? In the way you teach it to kids, maybe. I agree that it should be taught that racism is bad to kids because, I mean, what? it's racism. Like, there's nothing really you can really say that, nothing you can say that is negative about teaching kids about racism and why it's, why it's bad. There's nothing you can say about, there's nothing bad you can say about that at all. But when it comes to, trying to get kids to look, move past it and trying to get to a point in which we can all kind of have this racial awakening, I guess, which is kind of what I feel like kind of happened in 2020, I guess. Not even really that, but I mean, yeah, you can really say all all around because now we have the Stop Asian Hate Movement, which I means stop the hate of all people, you know what I mean? Just in general, but of course we have to go race by race, you know, because <laughs> that's the thing about it is that it's, this is the way it happened, I guess, in which, you know, race started with, the really the thought of racism started with, yeah, go back to Native Americans, honestly, yeah, yeah, Native Americans, really Native Americans, African Americans, or just African, black people in general, I like to say, we say black now because it's only black and brown, just people of color in general, you know what I mean, and like I said, is there any real way around it? Yes, just treat people, just look at, don't look at people's skin color like that, you know what I mean? I mean, yes, we're all black, and yes, we, yes, each, I don't know, I I guess, yes, each race, I guess, and that's the thing I hate, because, like, you know, each culture, I guess, culture, uh, ethnicity, I don't know what you want to call it, you know what I mean? Because each one has a different definition now, you know? And it's, got, it's gotten to the point now where you have to, each thing is so much, so different that you have to use it in the right context. And so, I guess I was color, rate, ethnicity, I guess everybody has their own quote-unquote culture, I guess, in which that divides us, but, 
or not even divides us, shouldn't really divide us. It should just kind of bring the people of that culture together. And even then, I don't see why people of other cultures can't appreciate that culture, I guess. That's just me talking on the podcast. I mean, that's the way I see it. And I don't see why it would be a problem, I guess. I get having pride in your culture. And then we have cultural appropriation and whatnot. It's like, no, like... I mean, I feel like sometimes people are actually do want to enjoy another person's culture without wanting to appropriate the culture necessarily, you know, make it their culture, I guess, and turning it into their own spinoff of the culture, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's one thing of just I think it's one big thing of societies being overall really, really, really sensitive, I guess, to everything, I guess. And thinking that, oh, you uh, telling somebody they can't do something, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Or just being upset with whatever, what other people do, I guess. When really just, I don't know. It's just, it's the society we live in. And like I said, how do we, the question is, how do we get around it at this point? You know what I mean? How do we move on past all the racial hardships of, that we've been going on for, for years? You know, and like I said, there's no real overnight remedy to how we can get past systemic issues of racial inequality or whatnot. Like I said, there's no real way to say how to get there, but you know, I it starts. I got. I said it started in 2020. Really, I I think we're in the era of racial awakening now. I guess. And in the sense that we're going to realize or we should start to realize that race does not matter at all. And really, there's no real race at all besides the human race, really. And which is what should have happened when COVID happened, when George Floyd happened. Just, I mean, Ahmaud Arbery, the other one, all of them just, you know, the fact that something bad happens you know, and it's humans versus a sickness, and we all still turn against each other <laughs> in a time of in a time of in a time when we all really need each other. And the fact that they that the news outlets used race to define the sickness at times, saying that African Americans and Hispanics were more more likely to get COVID, you know, and just like, no, anybody can get COVID, obviously, because, like I said, COVID didn't have a color preference at all, you know, it just, I don't know, there's something about just society and how human brain, I don't know, you know what I mean, but all this is just some American ass bullshit, all right, that's all I can really say about it, is that race is... 110% 100%, 110% in Ameri- some American bullshit. And all of these issues, really, like I said, I mean, they're just really our, our societal issues that we've created ourselves. And that we also continuously, not even we, but a lot of people still continuously buy into, you know what I mean? And it's just to the point where it's almost, to me, it's almost, it's damn near comical, honestly. And... You know, sometimes you just gotta look up and look around and just realize that all the shit we really worry about all the time is really, really simple. You know what I mean? It just comes down to just seeing everything as simple, you know? And as we're all just simply humans and we should all just simply be here for each other. That's really it. That's all I can really say about it. You know, regardless of the melanin in your skin or the way your hair grows or 
I don't know, the different bone. Because what they said, black people had different bones in their feet. That's why it makes us faster or more. I don't know. Like, you see white people can run fast. Fast as look at the NFL. Look, I mean, there's athletes. I, I don't know. You know, but what do you say? I mean, what do I have to say? Stop being racist. Stop looking at everything as racist. You know what I mean? I mean, a lot of things, have, a lot of people have racial yeah, a lot of people have racial biases, and a lot of our hierarchy systems are racially biased as well and have racial practices. And it's just gonna take time. It's gonna take time for it to for it to pass. And it's not even the fact that the system of America is racist. I feel like it's the people upholding the system still. I feel like no, not even that. It's just the. The people who were in well, the people who were in power had these racial ideologies. Not even at the very beginning necessarily. You can even maybe say at the very beginning, but I mean, because they still had slaves at the time. But you can even just even just look at like just the 1900s in general, honestly, and just look at all of the racially motivated laws and biases implemented throughout the 1900s altogether. And then just look at, you know, the people who are still in office, like I said. And all I can really say is that once once our, I guess I say our generation, the generation of, I say, what, millennials? I don't even know because, yeah, millennials, I guess. You know, yeah, once I guess the millennial generation gets in there. And really, really can't even say that because sometimes it's just as damn near as divided as the, the past generations, you know, but. Yeah, like I said, it's a time thing. Like I've even had this conversation with you know people who were police officers as well. You know, they they believe the same thing. You know, it's just a time. They believe that just time will tell, and as we just gradually move towards all of us being just seen as equal, seen as the same, and not having all these laws that implement, not even implement, but create these racial divides within our society, and you know. And give us these ideologies of race, nice ideas and beliefs that, you know, that you're only bound. The first thing you're bound to is your race almost. You know what I mean? So maybe that's the problem. Maybe because like always asking about race, race, race. And that the first thing that people see, you know, regardless of what you are, you know, is that, you know, they see the color of your skin. And that's the only way they can really determine you. You know what I mean? Besides that, your name, you know, they see you and the color of your skin. That's really it. And so... And I guess that kind of plays into like like what I just said, you know, plays into the idea that uh, that the first thing you're bound to is your race, you know, and you will never really escape your race because you can't really change the color of your skin. So, but at the same time, you know, one thing if we all just stop looking at all that, we realize that you know the first thing we see is that we're all humans, we're all breathing the same air, we got the same blood running through our veins and everything. But like I said, it's gonna take a lot of I say you say reform, but just kind of like just mental reform, I guess. You know what I mean? And just not even that, just treating people nicely. That's it. And hopefully, just try to reciprocate it. And they they can't, you know, fuck them. Honestly, at this point, um, but we'll get to a point in life. I believe we will all get to a point. Maybe not in this lifetime. You know, maybe I won't be able to get to see it myself. But hopefully, during somewhere throughout the time history, throughout history, or throughout the future we will be able to come together as people, hopefully, so...
But those are my thoughts on critical race theory. Um, this is a little Monday podcast for you. It's now 12.03 on May 3rd, 2021. It's crazy. We're in 2021. And we still got to talk about this shit, huh? But I say still. I mean, shit. I've only been alive 22 years. So, But we'll see how much more, how much better we can get. Or we'll see if we'll be able to stop talking about it about 2040 or something like that. But... But, yep, this is the Caleb Jackson Podcast. Follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Be sure to follow it on my main ones, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can be able to, you're able to leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, leave reviews, stars, comment, like, subscribe, view it, yeah, whatever. <laughs> follow on Twitter as well, CJack, retweet any podcast things you see. Uh, follow, yeah, just follow me. Follow the podcast and keep listening. Listen to all the podcasts. This is podcast number 96 now, so we're slowly creeping up on 100. I don't know what I'm going to do for the 100th one, but... It'll be a good one. So until then, um, be good, be safe, uh, and enjoy the day. And just enjoy the days we have, you know, because they won't, they're going to go and they won't come back, you know. So enjoy what you have now and worry about the bullshit later. Until then, till next time, y'all be good, y'all be safe, and listen on. Peace.